Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast, That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles. Full house today, Stan was here early, so that's why we ran into production problems, would you say, Jim, this week? We're not used to this. Um, no. Must be a curse or something. Yeah. A curse. Better off me uh, arriving late, yeah. Well, Fashionably late. Well, speaking of teams that are cursed, Stan, Chelsea have lost the last three FA Cup finals on the Yes, spin. they have. Nice little segue. Yeah, um, yeah, and they lost again on penalties after uh, it being 0 0 with Liverpool. So, the second final they've lost this season. Second final they've drawn this season, should I say. And um, yeah, lost on penalties. So, <laughs> there wasn't much in it really. I didn't think it was the best of games at all. I think both games had a lot of, both teams had half chances, they both hit the post. I can remember a few shots from each team where you know it just went past the post. The keeper wouldn't have done anything about it, um, but there weren't really any huge moments. No, you know, big penalty shouts or sendings off or, or anything like that, and the game just kind of fizzled out until the penalties. And then uh, you know Liverpool ended up winning after Mane got his penalty saved by uh, his compatriot Mendy, who maybe knew where he was going from uh, training uh, penalty practice in the, in the Afcon. Uh, and yeah, he saved it, and then Mason Mount, who you talk about curse, I think has he put six finals, is it, at Wembley now, and he's lost all six, uh, and obviously his penalty was the one that led to Simicast scoring in Liverpool, lifting the trophy, and the second trophy that they've lifted this season, and uh, potentially two or four, unfortunately, but uh, that's where we are. Um, I mean, what did you think about it, Cut, go on, as a Chelsea perspective? Uh, my opinion on Chelsea, I thought, we should have lost the game probably in 90 minutes. We only had one clear-cut chance, I would say, and that was Lukaku, and he ballooned that over. Liverpool were pretty wasteful. Even Just considering the the run that they're on and obviously how good they are, but Robertson should have definitely scored. Jota the Slaughter should have definitely scored as well. Lukaku should have hit the target, but he shouldn't have scored. Pulisic had a couple of chances. Yeah, Alonso at the I'd, bar. I'd say that. I'd say yeah. Alonso, think, Alonso did. I'd say the Pulisic ones. He should have done. He should have hit the target with some, but the ones that were just wide were probably half chances. There was one. Was there not one? Who was it when you won the ball high up and you get an Allison saved it? Did Lukaku slip somebody? You won it high up. Lukaku played somebody. Was that Pulisic as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, that was. Pulisic. And then you ended up getting the free kick, which Alonso hit the bar. You had that period, didn't you? That first ten minutes. Well, Alonso, Alonso had a good chance in the first half, but he couldn't yeah, really get his... it and no. volleyed it wide. No, no, the... that the one. He was clean through, but he couldn't get his touch on, and that ended up saving it. Oh yeah, you get a bad touch. I think that's that the chance. There was one where there was a floated cross to the back post. Trent misread it. Shock. And then he. Yeah, that was that was Can we talk about this because? I'm seeing another wank fest on Twitter about Trent because he does a couple of nice passes, but oh, if yeah. Chelsea put them goals away, he's at fault for both of them. Yeah, he's um, yeah. I, I heard that on the commentary that um, I can't Watched remember. The game? I, was it Genus who was saying that he, he played? It was an outstanding performance or something like that. And I thought, I don't think anybody stood out really. Like I say, I think the game fizzled out. Canate, Canate um, and Silva. Canate played because he was injured. Yeah, and didn't yeah. have a bad tummy. Yeah, um, the woodwork had a good game for me. Yeah. yeah, um And the ref. The ref, yeah. I mean, no, I, Trent, obviously, yeah. we know. I mean, he, he played a ball with the outside of his foot, which is, you know, everything that he's got at, those types of passes and and whatever. But, I mean, defensively, he's just not got it. Klopp can say that people don't understand the game if, if he can't, if they say he can't defend, but uh, he can't defend. Sorry, Jurgen. Um, you can have 
a lot of other things, but saying that Trent can defend is not one of them. Um, and yeah, on, on another day, he gets punished, and we've seen him punished before. I mean, it's happened in two big games, don't we? We go back to the Villarreal second leg. Ball comes over to the back post, and Trent stood flat-footed. And mm. was it Capu who headed it in, or was it Capu or Coquelin? Coquelin headed it in and yeah, scored. Yeah. And then, like you, like I was with you watching it, Stan. And when that oh, ball yeah. got put to the back post, you literally your eyes flew up, didn't they? It was like, oh, oh yeah. he's not dealing with it. No, no, no. <laughs> and I think the Spurs goal came down that left-hand side, didn't it? And then yeah, scored across. So. Down Trent side, so, so um, it's just a fact that they have to look lead, But every, every time you watch Liverpool in a big game against a half competent side, who are gonna who's got a good do, left do, winger, yeah, gonna, no, um, even gonna pick a game plan out. Do we have a good get, left winger? Well, Spurs' game plan, I watched that with you as well, Jim. Spurs' game plan was to get shove Sessegnon as high up as he can. Chelsea's game plan was to get Alonso behind him, and, and like you say, and plus he, had, he had the chance in the that. first half where he just touched it too far, and he had the chance in the second half where, where Trent misread it, he chested it, and half volleyed it just wide of the far post and if one of them goes in then you know the game plans works and, and Chelsea are happy but it is a massive weakness and I'm sure you know Real Madrid will be looking at that with the form of Vinicius and Benzema that'll be the way that they can hurt this Liverpool side that, that's their Achilles heel yeah and that was the big thing on social media and through uh, a, few, a few people I've spoken to about it who were like oh Trent had this great game yeah Trent had a good game but you're acting like James had a shit one James was yeah, really good. Diaz didn't do anything, didn't do a thing, and he outmarked Vinicius in the quarterfinals over two legs. So let's see how well Trent does against him. In yeah, a I mean, weeks. Trent did Trent did fine, but I think he's fortunate to play in a era where fullbacks are auxiliary wingers rather than auxiliary defenders. If you get what I mean, where you know. He, People will forget the fact that Alonso smacked it wide because he didn't score it, but they'll remember you're outside of the foot pass because it's on Twitter ten minutes later. So it's one of those things where he definitely benefits from that. And look, he is a great player, but there is a reason why Gareth Southgate and that doesn't don't trust him in international competitions. And it's the fact that he just can't defend. I can't think of one thing defensively that he's good at at all. Yeah, I mean, I would say give some credit to Liverpool. I mean, the only credit I can give them is that they've played in two finals and they've won them both. I mean, like I say, they haven't scored, but it does take yeah. some mental strength to, you know, win those two penalty shootouts, especially against the same team twice. And uh, they've come through twice and, you know, they've got the biggest one coming up now with the, with the Champions League. And, and you know, I'm sure we'll speak later maybe about the Premier League, uh, you know, the potential for that on the last day or the last two games for Liverpool. So credit to them that they've been in two finals this year and they've won both of them and they've used you know different players in those they lost Salah and Van Dijk in this one and and still came through and ended up winning so uh, credit where credit's due they uh the two from two so far welcome back pigs I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> come on <laughs> <That's> <laughs> welcome <laughs> Yeah, welcome back, little piggies. So, we've got the final bet of the week of the season, unfortunately, because the Prem is going. Maybe, well, definitely the last Prem bet of the week. We might do a little Champions League one. We're undecided yet. But, we've got a double header this week. We've got the usual bet of the week fourfold, which I will provide momentarily, but we also have a little surprise at the end. But, let's take care of business first. So... A game that could decide a lot at the bottom. Burnley hosts Newcastle. Unfortunately, Burnley. I look at Newcastle and see 2-1. to one. I just think that's great value on the last day as well for the Toon Army. 
especially Eddie Howe's got him purring at the moment. As things stand, two to one, great value that one. And then Chelsea play Watford. I'm going to go Chelsea just to win this one. Can't trust them to nil at the moment. And then a team you can trust to nil, in my opinion. Liverpool host Wolves. They're going to beat them to nil. City couldn't do it, but let's see if Liverpool can. And then speaking of City. They host Aston Villa on the last day. We're going to go them to win to nil as well because anything you can do Liverpool, we can do better because we're going to win the title winning to nil. So just to recap the bet of the week, Newcastle United to win away at Burnley, Chelsea to beat Watford at home, Liverpool to beat Wolves at Anfield to nil and City to beat Aston Villa at the Etihad to nil as well. And now, lads, we're moving on to the special part of the bet of the week. Bet of the week extra. (gasps) Bet of the week extra. Trademark it quick. What listeners trademark it quick? <laughs> you treat, you we, pay it. We treat him too well. You pay I it. We put we all do. our names in it. I was damn asked not to do this. Could we treat him too well? We do. We do. We suck it off. The spiral. We could do. You don't deserve it. Boy, well, they definitely don't deserve no. it. All right, we'll give him fuck it. You're too kind. I know. All right, so what we decided to do, we'll calculate the odds at the end, but we're gonna go for our teams that we all support. A first goal scorers in on fixtures, so we're gonna start with Jim. Yes. Who have you decided to go in your fixture versus Aston Villa? For the Manchester City Blues, Jack Grealish against his old club to seal the title. He said he's looking forward to it, Cook. And you know what, to me, he's in, he's in the best form of the, of the season, I think. Surely he starts as well. Well, that's not a guarantee, but I'm here for the narrative. And if he doesn't start with fuck guys, because Pep is allergic to subs. <laughs> I was going to say, Jim, if, if Pep Roulette does happen, unfortunately, do we, have a, do, do we have a second one? Oh, um, okay, Fernandinho. Love the, it. The worst player on the pitch, probably. Another, another nice narrative, though. I mean, that's what I'm here for. Could cap his arc off. I'm here for the stories. It's City. Yeah. Then he could get a picture of that statue of Tony Cruz. And then he could get his own. Wow. Just statues for everyone. Because he's got Fernandini, though. Nice Coco are you? Ooh So I'm actually going to go A bit more out there Our fixture On the last game of the season At home to Watford I'm going to go Marcus Alonso Who I've just saw Is 12-1 To to score the first goal In that fixture Thought we've done A little bit dirty there But yeah 12-1 to Marcus Alonso First goal against Watford Nice So rounding off The treble of any time Goal scorers I've gone for um, Conor Gallagher Manchester United Versus Crystal Palace Last game of the season for Palace, obviously, at Sellers Park against Manchester United. Perfectly set up for United to have the belly stickles again. And um, Conor, Gallag- Conor Gallagher to score before his, uh, his loan finishes cook. And, uh, Maybe his last game at Chelsea, but they do want to keep him. Yeah, we'll see where he ends up. But um, I think whether he goes back to Chelsea or, or not, I think you know. I think this will be his last game for Palace. I think he's, he's destined for better things next season and in the future. So Conor Gallagher anytime. So, listeners, we couldn't actually settle on whether to do this as a first goal scorer of treble or as an any time. So, what we did was we give you both the odds. So, Stan, if you want to do it any time, what are the odds and what are the players? Remind the listeners. So, you've got Conor Gallagher any time, Marcus Alonso and Jack Grealish. And that's coming in at about 50 to 1 mark. So, uh, 10 returns a monkey. <laughs> and if you would like to go first goal scorers on this bet, so like Jim said... If Grealish starts, it would be Gallagher to score the first goal against United, Alonso to score the first goal against Watford, and Grealish to get the first goal against Aston Villa. And that is 1,169 to 1 as a first goal scorer treble. However, if the goal Fernandinho does start, 
and Grealish doesn't. <laughs> or you just fancy it. <laughs> or you just fancy it. The treble is the same, except swap Grealish for Fernandinho, and that is a whopping 3,779 to 1. I know they say, in quotation marks, some bets are worth a quid. This could be worth a quid. <laughs> <laughs> and as you said before, Cole, anything can happen on the last day. Anything can happen on the last day of the season. Okay, listeners. Now, you've obviously just been on your betting app. Put the bet of the week on that we've just provided to you. And you're like, lads, where's the footy chat? All right, here's the footy chat. Shut up. Christ. But, Jim, we're going to just do a general overview of the games that really tickled our fancy this weekend. Oh, yeah. And... A player you would like to touch on, yeah. Solomon Rondon, for yeah. an impressive, actually, shall we say, a fantastic four minutes. Oh, nice. Yeah, my MVP of the weekend. This week's MVP, Solly Rondon. <laughs> um, yeah, very reminiscent of when uh, Gerard came on in the Merseyside derby and just snapped him on and walked off. Um, but Rondon, to me, if you watch it, it's the most mad tackle you'll see. And not because of what happened during the tackle, but maybe afterwards... He gets up straight away, holds his hand up. He knows he's done a two-footer. He knows he's tried to drop kick a man. And then, if, and then he, before even he's been sent off, he's jogging off. I just think he can't be able to play in last, last game of the day, last game of the season. And you know what? Respect. Yeah. Because it's been a rough season for Rondon, hasn't it? Allegedly. Because he may be the world, the world, the, the league's best, the league's worst player. <laughs> I think he's in contention for the league's worst player at the minute. Yeah. And do you know what? He was he wasn't half bad uh, not too long ago. Was it at Newcastle? Just Newcastle, yeah, he did really well. Before <laughs> the Alderman. He, he was actually like a sick striker, but I don't know. He just looks a bit out of shape. I'll be honest. The last of like what, the last of Benitez's Mohicans. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> Everton will be pleased to <laughs> see him go. Yes, last of the That's the title. That's the title. Last of the goalies. <laughs> I'd like to think that's where he ran to, to Benias. Oh, yeah. He yeah, just yeah, lives around the corner. That was for you, Rafa. Yeah. Just live up the road. He does, but... Um, no, I felt... <laughs> it's one of them, and it's Everton, so stuff like this always happens, and it is funny, but I thought the way they started, um, a goal was inevitable, really. I am inevitable. Calvert-Lewin scored, whichever way you want to look at it. Calvert-Lewin was saying it was him, but... Um, Either way, uh, that goal went in and it was deserved. And then, you know, Brantthwaite did what he did. A young lad, he didn't really have to touch him. He probably could have let the ball bounce and let Tony go through and maybe try to recover and, and back Pickford one-on-one. But as soon as that red card happened, uh, you knew that it, it was going to be... changed the game, didn't it? Yeah, you knew that it changed the game, it changed the atmosphere, it changed yeah, everything with so long left yeah. as well. Um, the atmosphere at Goodison was like mad, wasn't it? It, it was, was bouncing, was yeah, bouncing. it was. It was. Do, you, it was... do you think that was a penalty before it started? Lampard um, was, was more in love to the game by this decision. I don't think he can... Dis- I, the red card is a red card, it is, but should there have been a penalty before? <laughs> it's one of those ones, again, which I've said quite a lot, and it's one of them where VAR falls down, because I think if the referee gives it and they check the AR, they go, well, it's not clear and obvious why they haven't, because he does have a handful of his shirt, but then with him not giving it, it's not clear and obvious enough to say, oh, that's a clear penalty. You could say it's six or one half a dozen of the Should other. Should the ref give it then, in your, in your eyes? Cause I think no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, no, <sighs> I don't know. It's it's a difficult one, to be fair. I'll slag referees off, but, you know, it, he does have Richarlison's shirt. Richarlison's grabbing him a bit, and obviously Richarlison's shirt's nearly coming off, but we see that loads of times in the game, and, uh, you know, it doesn't excuse the fact that 
I don't know, a good 10, 20 seconds must have passed between that happening and the buddy ball being whacked over the top and, and Branthwaite legging him up. But I can see why Everton fans will feel hard done to. But, um, I hadn't wanted it, I think. If I was, oh, if, yeah, if oh I definitely. It. I mean, Cause I know it happens a lot, but it, look, it's, it's, it's a bit... It's, like, they do it to each other, don't they? They're striking a defender. But I just think he was so extreme. Yeah. Like, literally, Richardson's shirt was, like, coming off at one stage. It was, like, he was yeah. grabbing all of it. But at the same time, I looked at him for, is that enough for a penalty? Well, then, I think then if it was any of the were the pitch, and I thought, yeah, no, like free yeah. kick away. Well, I think I think it's the same to the penalty that they actually got. Where if he doesn't give that, I don't think they go to VAR and give it. But because he has, they don't overturn it because he does miss the flight of the ball and his arm does come out and he does connect. I think is it his knee or his foot connects with Richarlison's leg or hip. So they give it because it's not clear and obvious enough that he's got it wrong. But again, I think you know. Okay, would they have switched those and uh, stopped the red card happening? Probably, yeah, but Everton went 1-0 up and 2-1 up and they were winning 2-1 at half-time. They ended up winning, uh, losing 3-2, conceding two goals in what felt like two minutes and then they got another man sent off. So it's just typical Everton where when it rains it pours and you know, despite a really good start and a really decent run of results in the last few games, they, uh, they go into the next two games probably feeling a little bit hard done by and a little bit uh, low on morale. Speaking of people who might or might not have been in the court cases this past week, Cook, I don't know if you've seen any of this Wagga for Christie news. Class. It's very entertaining in my All eyes. of it. It's very pointless. I'm watching that like, instead of Johnny Depp's one. I mean, this is, yeah, this is better because it means nothing and they're just wasting money on. I don't get what they're doing anyway. Yeah, some, some of the quotes are great <laughs> from Recavardi. But what I am trying to segue into is maybe since this, Jim, Jimmy Vardy starts finding out, aren't he? Maybe he's. It's, it's made him a bit more, um, mm. what's the word for it, a bit more motivated to score. And he found two at the weekend when Leicester beat Watford, who are serial losers at Vicarage Road this season. 5-1. Their home record has been one of the worst I can remember in recent history. They're just laying down for teams, they're not fighting anymore. And now they are bottom of the league. And for home form? They're on eight points. For home, home form, yeah. yeah. Worst um, in the league, in fact. The, the worst in the league in home form, as you can see, the 19 games played a whole season, and you get eight points. So how many wins? Is that even two, is that two oh, wins? Three two draws? against us. <laughs> there you go, United. Ah, charity. Um, so, yeah. Foxes aren't playing for anything, but, yeah, 5-1. Um, Madison also on the score sheet and a few assists for him as well. I mean, I think the question for Foxes dies. What happens next season to them? Do they, do they move away from BR? Um, Potter might be the man for them. Um, yeah. They got they got a good squad. They got is a squad capable for Europe. Is he linked? I'd say yeah. There's some t- tenuous links. I'd say that. I'd say um, I'd say if I'm Leicester, I'm probably mutually moving away from Brendan Rodgers. I think Brendan Rodgers has pretty much taken him as far as he can, in terms of you know two seasons in a row we kind of mocked them for it but they were in the Champions League places for what felt like 37 games until the last game of the season when they ended up finishing fifth for two years in a row um, and maybe that's it you know he's, he was at Europa Conference League he's, he's had them in this season and uh, you know he's been in the semi-final yeah he's been beating the semi-final he's had them in Europe they didn't manage to win that they didn't manage to get to a final there uh, he's won an FA Cup whilst he's been there which you know was brilliant and one of the three that Chelsea have lost in the last few years. Sorry, Cook. but um, I think maybe mutually they could. That, they, yeah. Well, I think maybe mutually they could look at it the last few years and say, you know, it's been a success in terms of you know back-to-back Europa League finishes and an FA Cup when he joined. 
you probably would have taken that. So uh, yeah, is I think it a story of what what could have happened maybe because like I say, so yeah. close to four twice. Oh yeah, maybe European success this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, if they got back to back the Champions League two seasons and an FA Cup, and then maybe this season they were now in the Europa Conference League final, we'd probably be saying they need to stick with Rodgers. But I think you know, just missing out, it's a game of inches and. Uh, like I say, I think mutually they should be looking at it, and uh, they've got a decent squad there. A few players that you know will be moving out, but a decent group of core players. You've got Tielemans who's going, Vardy's probably on the way out, but you've got Madison who's coming to form, Harvey Barnes. Uh, they brought Bubakar Samare, Patson Daka, these types of players. So there's there's a decent core of players there, and I think somebody like Graham Potter, who you said, could make that step up. I think he needs to make that step up because I think all these top teams. Probably are keeping one eye on him, thinking, you know, not right now, but in two, three, four years, could he be their manager? Where can he be? Because he seems at the moment to have endless possibilities in terms of potential. You know, tactically, he's up there with probably the best in the league. So uh, if you can get given a bigger budget, a bigger club and a, a better group of players, it'll be interesting to see how he does. So, yeah, if I'm Leicester, I'm, I'm moving towards Graham Potter and uh, moving Brenda on. Yeah, and on the theme, Cook, of... Um... British managers and maybe another story of what could have been West Ham uh, this weekend drew 2-2 two two with my Blues um, denting the title chances or whatever but I made a stop at West Ham um, obviously so close to Europa League final um, I tried Frankfurt just beating them they couldn't play in Rangers this week but in one hell of a game on Wednesday night West Ham versus Rangers I can imagine the atmosphere in Seville would have been uh, less than tasteful. Uh, <laughs> no, it'd be pretty tasteful because well, I'd not be there. Oh, oh yeah, because, yeah, because yeah. Lana Rhodes is the not Lana Rhodes, sorry, Lana, Lana Wolf. Wolf. Oh, she can't not Lana Rhodes. No, Lana Lana, Lana, Lana Rhodes is a massive Rangers fan as well. <laughs> oh, is she? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she is. Yeah, her and uh, Mike from Impulse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, what I'm saying is, <laughs> West Ham. They are going to get European football next season. <laughs> um, I think this has been David Moyes' best managerial season since he was in his prime at Everton. Um, what happens for them next season? Because they've offered Declan Rice, uh, apparently, an eight-year contract, £200,000 a week. So they've obviously got the money. Um, where do they go from here next season? Do you know what? I, I think it's what I said Stan was last week when we was playing that game. Bullshit. Because I think that's West Ham just going to all the West Ham fans. Look, we've tried our best. We have offered him this. And here's this. I think it's all smoke and mirrors, personally. He's leaving... They can't hack that he's leaving. I personally think he's going to come to us. And I think this is West Ham just trying to save face for when, as Thanos said, the inevitable does happen. And he does go because he's bigger than them and he's carrying them this year. So get used to life with Arten because he is probably going to leave this summer. he give you his last year, probably last summer. Mm. And West Ham needs to just take the money, invest it well. And Moyes is smart with money. So I think that's it. I think on the flip side of that, if if Rice does want to leave, and I know he's probably, well, he's been captain all season because Nobles uh, hardly played, and uh, he, if he stays, I'm guessing he'll take over club captaincy next season as well. But on the flip side, if he doesn't want to stay in West Ham, oh, I know they've asked for 150 million, but nobody's paying that. Um, I think they could probably get around 100 million though, maybe a bit less, and I think they should take that, and they can go and buy you know three or four players that they can invest into the team and to be fair to West Ham and David Moyes their recent you know Craig Dawson uh, Kurt Zuma Jared Bowen yeah. uh, Fornals Ben Rama you know, Suchek Kufal all these players I mean they've been bought pretty much since David Moyes took over so if I'm Moyes and West Ham and backing myself to you know replace Rice who you know he's a great player but at the end of the day he's only one player and I'm going to go and buy 
maybe three players for 30, 35 million each to uh, to replace him and improve as a squad as a whole. Yeah, I think there's definitely an argument to be said that if, if West Ham can get the under 250 million pounds for Rice, um, they save himself the 200 grand worth of wages that they said they was going to pay him. They get rid of him and they get a new left back, a new centre mid, because obviously Rice and Noble's going, and a new forward, Sean Antonio. They're, they're probably a better side. Uh, probably everybody wins in this situation because Rice gets his move that he definitely deserves. He's probably the least best midfielder this season for me anyway in that position. The depth in it. Yeah, he gets what he deserves. West Ham get a good money for him and they can replace him. It's much like Jack Grealish for City last season, I think. Villa maybe. I don't know. The, the, I think the money, in the end, the money went to the right places because Luca Digne has improved them massively. Um, mm. We've seen... From Target, yeah. Yeah, Coutinho's come in for like 17 million and... That's just a great signing, which we haven't even spoke about yet. But yeah, I think yeah, I think West Ham can be a better side next season without him. But I think they will definitely miss him just because he's such a legend there and the character that he is. Yeah, definitely. They can do almost like what Liverpool did with Coutinho. They can take the money and obviously beef up the squad, and obviously that's laid the foundations for what they are as a club now. Obviously, we're not going to say that that's going to happen to West Ham and they're going to oh, win the Premier League. Don't do Spurs. But, but yeah, yeah, just don't do Spurs because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they, they are all gone now. I mean, Ericsson might be going back. He went after like a year, didn't he? Lamella was the uh, Lamella, the one. Soldado, Capoue. Uh, what was he called? Uh, oh, what was he called? The guy who ended up at West Brom. The, Nasser Chadley. Oh, yeah, Nasser Chadley. Belgium's finest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, don't do that. Maybe look towards Liverpool's blueprint. And uh, Although losing Declan Rice could be massive, you could be better as a team for it. So, uh, got to look at those silver linings. Right, welcome back, podcast listeners. Um, last week, I actually I teased with the lads. I don't think I said it on the podcast. Did I? I teased the lads off, Mike. I've got a new game. I know it's the end of the season, but I'm with new ideas. And uh, Cook ran with the name Free Pointless. Um, and Son also agreed it's a good name. And so here we go, it's much like Pointless. And, um, but better. Yeah, Cook's going to start us off with a little jingle in it. Um, I've asked him on the spot this, and this is how talented the man he is. So, <laughs> enter the jingle. <laughs> enter the jingle. Real quick. <laughs> yeah, Free Pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. Alright. But the lowest pointer, you got this. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it really. Yeah, he does love it, doesn't so he? Well, he's he's got it all on me as well. He's got into that. about zero and hero. Zero and hero. <laughs> okay. If you don't want to be a zero, be a hero. <laughs> Now, if you don't want to be a zero, be a hero. Because it makes no sense if you don't listen to three pointless. <laughs> you heard? <laughs> well, you know what that means. It must be three pointless if you've heard that. And now that'll have to be the tune every week. I'll try and write, no, I'll try and write some and we'll wrap it next week. Okay. Yeah, get back in the studio stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll have, have, have a thing. Lyrics and production next week. Uh, the game is if you've seen Richard Osman's Pointless, but then it's, ca- it's not really like that. It's not like that. It's just he's a personal mate. It's a personal mate of mine. Um, so basically, it's a best of three situation. I'm going to ask Stan and Cook a question, and they're going to give me the answer that has the lowest value. And, and it's easy to explain, but when we get going, the lads know what they're doing, and I give them the first category. 
So, the first category is... Please be flashlights. It's it's to do with football. Ah, unfortunately, uh, Chelsea nil, Liverpool nil on the weekend, as previously just discussed. We're going to go for the fewest touches of all the players that played in that game, and we're going to go with Stan to go first. So he has to give us a player who played in this game, yes, and the lowest touches for that player... If Stan picks player and Cook picks player, the lowest touches wins and takes the first point. So Stan, you go first. Oh, fucking hell, that's difficult. Um, I will um, load up the po- the touches of the three. game. I've won this right now. Oh yeah, I know I've won this. Uh, I know I've won this. And I'll tell you for why when he gets round to me. <laughs> there's one player. Am I free to play? You're, you're free to play. No, you're free to there's play. There's one player who I think it's a close one only actually took one touch and only because me and you said it when he took up to step, uh, take the penalty. And that's Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley. Well, that's what I was going to say, but he actually took no touches. And Cook's answer is? Well, can I, I, I was going to say Barkley with no <laughs> touches. But Stan said... Can he go the same answer? He can't what? go the same answer, unfortunately. Oh, well, I'll, give, I'll give Cook the advantage in the next round. I mean, I'll be, I'll be boring now and say Alisson. Well, I mean, Ross Parkley was... It's the winner. It's the pointless answer. It's pointless answer? Wow. He had one touch. They counted the one touch for the penalty. It's bollocks. Um, it's not even in the game. You could no, have had it. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who came on and was dragged off and got oh. three points. Only touched it three times. Only he touched it three times. So that's Stan with... Um, Round one. Woo! And you know what, guys, give us some feedback. Maybe we can have uh, an accumulative point time system where Cook would now be on 46 and Stan would be on 1. But we're not going to do it this week because I'm only just follow that mirror. Anyway, Cook, you to start. The next category is French players that have played in the Premier League. So you, and we're going to go off appearances. So you give me a French player, and you have to go with the lowest appearances made in Premier League, and then Stan will equal that one. And um, I will work out the answer in quick time. Jeez. So you need some obscure some, Frenchmen. Some, now there's some good ones there. We've had plenty of overseas Frenchmen in this league. <sighs> See, I know, and I, and I have got a really rubbish one in mind. I think he might have played one season consistently, consistently. Sorry, which is not good for these types of games because he may have played, let's say, thirty-two games. Thirty-two could win you it. You never know. Could win you it. I'm gonna say it. Tamuri Bakayoko. Bakayoko is Cook's answer. Because okay. he only played one year consistently, and that was under Conte, who ended up hating him. So that's my answer. Tamuri Bakayoko. Cook wanted thirty. He's gone under 30. Oh, God. 29. Oh, lad. See? <coughs> I, think, I think that's a good answer. Uh, I'm going to go for a guy who works. Uh, a bit of a throwback. He's called Cinema Pongo. Some people might remember him. He played for Liverpool. I do remember him getting subbed on against United when uh, Ferdinand scored a last-minute winner. I am getting the stats up now. Stan, you need to beat 29. This will be Is impressive. it a cumul- Is it? Oh, no. It's, no, uh, no. It's a new game. Uh, yeah, it's about one. As a club, though. No, cumulatively across the Premier League. Oh, yeah, just for, yeah, for okay. all time. Cinema Pongo. Bevy Journeyman. Bevy Journeyman. Cinema Pongo comes in at 48. Wow. He made 38 appearances for Liverpool, and then he made 10 appearances for Blackburn Rovers on low. Fucking I didn't know that. He made one appearance less 
for Liverpool than Bakio could in for Chelsea. And then I, have, did, I thought he had a great career. me. Cinema Pongo, 48. No, through 2001 to 2006, he was there a, long, a lot longer in the Premier League than Bakayoko was. Yeah, I suppose I should have thought um, about Still that, on our so. books, Bakayoko. Is he? Is yeah, he's he, isn't he? For now. Milan. <laughs> He'll be back at pre-season. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, may, maybe if he asks this question next week, next year, it'll be a different answer. Yeah. But uh, listeners at home... When he's won everything. Not for sale. Ballon d'Or next year for Bakayoko. Listeners at home, you um, tweet us in, or Instagram us in, you, you answered with this one, how many points you would have got? Um, now it's back to Stan, and there can be a tie in this one, which I've got a tiebreaker for, don't worry, I'm prepared. Stan, you first, I want you to give me the team and season, this has been a bit of a discourse over Twitter recently, lowest points total to win a Premier League, I want team and season, so for, the, for instance, if you were to do this season, if City were to win on 91, then you'd do City 2000, and Premier League only, 2022, and you'd go 91. Obviously, you're not going to do that. Um, so. I know United in 98, 99 was quite low, so I'll go for that just off the top of my head. And I'm going to get that answer up now. I so think that was about 79. Well, Cook has a thing. United, what was that, 98, 99? 98, 99. Treble winning. The treble Whilst winning I can side. still say it. Well, I can still say <laughs> it. Um, I'm getting the lead table up as we speak. It was 79. While Cook thinks of his answer. Here we go. Manchester United points in that season. Stan is correct. Yeah. It is 79 points. And don't you worry, Cook, because that many, is I, beatable. It and is I'll beatable. And right? I'll tell you if it's beatable by how many teams. It's beatable. There's two sides. It's a good that answer beat from me. It's a two right. sides. It is, it is a great answer because there's been, what, 30 winners now? And um, Stan has picked the third lowest. I'll have a, uh, a stab in the dark here, and I'll give you my logic as well. You, you do that. So I think you, I think I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> so I'm gonna say the invincible season, yes. yeah, and that's what it I was, was because say. I believe there was about twelve draws, you drew about 11, 12, 13 12. times. Didn't so it? around that, so I'm just hoping that that's enough. It's to, just undercut it. Hey, it's a good put it this way: if you just said if you'd have got seventy nine, that's what I would have gone with. So great minds. <sighs> See, that's it. Not if I'm not if I'm wrong. But yeah, well, that, that's my logic behind it, listeners. I don't anyway. think it's far off because I do think they drew about 12, 13 games. We're going to get the results in soon. I'm going to feed the youngest to the metaverse. I think this is going to be a real tight one. So do I. Mm, heard that well, if they, did, if they did draw 13 games, that means. For Empire. Yeah, but they still won 25. So that oh, pushes them to 25. The maps in this one. Unfortunately. Yeah. Bit of a bad answer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is actually. If you actually run the maths, Arsenal yeah, at the end of that season on ninety points. Yeah. Fuck. So they will actually set the record for points on it. See, in these types of games, you don't have time to do the maths. You don't. You don't, you don't, you don't. Hey, it's easy you being sat the shouting at poor cook, but well, like you fucking cut, get in. You're all there with your fucking calculators with my it, my phones it. away in the locker because there's no it? cams in here. We have to throw back here to teams that beat stands, aren't we? Throw it back. To Arsenal in 97-98. Oh, that's the one I meant. Would have got 78 points. Oh, you would have just done me. And if you throw back even further, the lowest points total to win a Premier League is Manchester United, 96-97. 75 points. United won the season. Under the title right, season. Only three 70-odd winning So seasons. I will give it Stanley. You gave a very good answer, in fairness. Yeah, well, very good answer. With hindsight. It was. It was only and, two to beat it. Which and is, math uh, on my hand. 
Yeah. So well done to Stan there. Thank you. This edition's up. Three pointless. Yeah, it makes no sense. Listen to three pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, listeners, it's been a while, but we don't give you these every week, but it is time for Who Am I? So we're going to try and squeeze two players in if we can. So here's the first one right now. I was born on the 16th of April, 1987, making me 35 years old. And yes, he's still playing. Okay. 35 years young, still playing. Um, probably Gerard Piquet. It's a good, it's a good answer, but no, unfortunately, no. Uh, Marcelo. That's a, it's another good guess, but no. Everyone here, Joe Piquet in the news recently saying uh, we should give Saudi Arabia a chance because we give Franco a chance. Anyway. Franco? Yeah, that's the great hit uh, of Spain. I was going to say, that's uh, not very Catalonian. I thought they meant James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah, Dave, Dave yeah we watched Pineapple Express, come yeah. on, these Saudis might be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, maybe they could smoke a joint, might chill them out. <laughs> oh shit. That was them. <laughs> <laughs> that was them, they didn't like it. <laughs> We're listening, boys. <laughs> Second one. I made my debut for Leeds in the Premier League in 2003. James Vilma. It's not Gamma Oh, oh you I thought you won, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> no, to be fair though. I thought you won as well. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> not the worst guess given who that is. Leeds in for England, no goals. Not help. Yeah, that's not help. And he's a forward. I'm a winger. Leeds. Oh yeah, I like that face you've just pulled them to. One of confusion. Oh. Who? No, I don't. I don't think I don't know if played Leeds. Go on, say it. He's quite old. I'll tell you if he did. I don't think he's scored for a goal for England. Uh, Aaron Lennon. Yes! It was <laughs> it Aaron Lennon. Easy, it was Aaron Lennon. And then Shit, the final yeah, clue course. was I currently play in the Premier League for Burnley, having coming back from my little holiday in Turkey. Yeah, that was the final he did, clue. Yeah, Leeds, yeah, and then he went to Spurs. Yeah. Hello and welcome back. And we're going to talk a little bit about transfers. Obviously, transfer season is coming up at the end of the season. Uh, Fastly approaching the transfer window opens July the first, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk a bit, little bit about Bosman's this time. The free transfer. We've seen this happening a lot recently. There's a lot of big names in this list that I'm about to read off of, 
uh, you know, whether this is down to wages or teams not being able to afford it or players just running the contracts down. I'm going to run through a few. Uh, there's some huge names in here, Cook. I mean, you've got the likes of, yeah, Luis Suarez, you've just shown me, Paul Pogba, Antonio Rudiger, uh, Christian Eriksen, uh, Edinson Cavani, you've got Ben Mee and James, Tarko James Tarkowski, you've got Usman Dembele, Luka Modric, Isco, Divock Origi, Gareth Bale, Marcelo, um, Danny Alves, his contract is up at Barcelona, Frank Kessier, Paolo Dybala, Lorenzo Insigne, Ivan Perisic, Mkhitaryan, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Vidal, uh, obviously the biggest one, uh, Kylian Mbappe, uh, Vibakar Kamara, Angel Di Maria, so look, there's just so many players here that are just that are out of contract. I mean, let's there's, there's too many for us to run through all of them. But should we just have a chat? Let's start about Kylian Mbappe. There has just been some news that's come out from the Athletics saying that Kylian Mbappe has agreed personal terms with uh, Real Madrid. PSG is still trying to offer him a contract and see if he can get him to stay. But this one looks like it's too far gone. He's made his made his mind up. Cut. What do you think about this one? I think it's it's logical. Yeah, he won yesterday. Look, peek behind the curtain. These are recorded on a Monday, so on Sunday he won the French Player of the Year for the league, third year on the spin. He's he's done that league three times over now. It's the third year he's won it now on the spin. Move on, take the next step in your career, earn a nice wage that you deserve. You're a world champion, that could be a double world champion sitting here this time next season, and take that next step. Back yourself, which I'm I'm sure the lad's not short of confidence. Nor does he need my words to make him any more confident, but Kylian Mbappe just needs to move to Real Madrid, take this next step. I'd have loved him in the Premier League, and I said this about Haaland as well, regardless of Haaland going to City or not, first and foremost, I'm a football fan, and I want the best players in this league, because that makes my team and the teams around them get better players. Arpen, uh, sorry, Iron sharpens iron, and I think that's the logical step for the Prem, but yeah, take that next step at Madrid. They're building a bit of a dream team over there we'll discuss later on but yes Dan don't know what you think but yeah. yeah no definitely I think he needs to leave PSG he should have seen what's happened with Neymar and you know he's had a, a, a great career Neymar but there's always going to be those questions from neutrals and football fans alike that should he have stayed there that long should he ever have gone there in the first place and Mbappe did well at Monaco they, they did well in his Champions League then he's gone to PSG obviously a more successful club he's won titles he's got to a Champions League final himself gone back to his home club with him being from Paris and now with him still only being 22 or something like that he's still got the best part of a decade at the top of the game and he's one of those players you can tell he's absolutely adored Ronaldo growing up probably watched him playing at the Bernabeu week in week out so it just seems you know this is a Madrid transfer it's a transfer that Mbappe wants it's a transfer that's going to happen and uh, good luck to him because Madrid are a massive club and, and like I say he needs to get out of PSG and uh, prove himself in in other leagues if he is going to be one of the best players ever which you know in terms of looking at what he's done in the last few years and, and like I say the fact that he's got 10 years left is is you know the uh, what does he say the sky is the limit is what they say so who knows with Kylian Mbappe but Cook another player that's going through Real Madrid will move over is Antonio Rudiger and uh, Christian, uh, Christian Eriksen, we'll, we'll get on to him as well, but Andreas Christiansen uh, is another player who's not going to uh, Madrid, but he is going to Spain with Barcelona, but just want to talk to me about that situation with those two centre-backs. Yeah, so starting off with Christiansen, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not bothered that he's leaving. I, I, he's really good, but 
it, he's really good as a luxury in a back three. So Barca play a back four to my knowledge, and I think he does have his limitations in that system. And this isn't sour grapes. This is me watching this player for six, a good ball player. Yeah, like, so they'll like that. Yeah, yeah they, yeah, they will like that, and he'll have more time on the ball in Spain. But I just think that it's a transfer that Chelsea can afford to let go for free. He's a product of our academy anyway. And I just think that this is one that I, I'm really not bothered about. However, the, there's one that literally breaks my heart, which is the Rudiger situation. And I just think it's a lot of things. It's naive from the club to not pay the man as he should have been paid as soon as we won the Champions League because they should have locked him down especially after that season there was a massive argument he could have got our player of the season there's a big argument saying he gets our player of the season this year even though he's out the door but Rudiger for me is irreplaceable and I think the club have fucked up massively on that one but the Christiansen one I'm not asked about we could have lost Aspilicueta as well in this one but he had a a clause in his contract if he made so many appearances it triggered an extra year so we got very lucky with that one we could have lost three of our five centre backs that we have on the books. Yeah, um, yeah, Rudiger's definitely the bigger miss from a neutral. Uh, starts pretty much every game for Chelsea, and like you say, has been one of Chelsea's best players for the last two, three seasons, despite being a centre half. So, uh, yeah, that one will sting a little bit. Christensen, there's questions about anyway, but um, you know, we'll see how he does. But Again, moving across to uh, to Manchester to United, we've got Pogba and Lingard, both players that have come through the academy. And again, similar to what you said about Rudiger and Christensen, both players that myself and United fans alike won't particularly be too upset to uh, to see leave. Uh, both on huge wages. I think Lingard's on 100, 150. Pogba's on two, 200 to 300, somewhere within that range. Uh, although there is a 400k contract on the table, which he isn't off... Uh, which he isn't accepting. Um, and the, the rumours are so far is that Di Marzio uh, has basically said it's Juve or PSG. Juve can't offer as much wages than PSG, but obviously Pogba's got that link with Juve, so they're hoping that, that, that they can bank on that to make him make a return to, to Turin. And uh, Leonardo has made him PSG's uh, number one transfer target. And look, Pogba's, he's 28, 29, he's still got three or four years at you know the top of his game before he really starts to to you know go downhill. But it's it's the perfect time. He's been at United for six years, which is just a ridiculous amount of time considering what you actually look at what the club and what he has achieved in that time is so little. Uh, and if you even look at the amount of games where you can say that Paul Pogba's dragged us through or being the best player on the pitch or even periods for United where you can say that Paul dragged us through tough periods it's almost non-existent so with the wages that he's being paid you've got the circus around him as well with his brothers and his agency and everything like that every international window saying he'd, he'd always love to have a new challenge and play for these big clubs and it's just the right time for United to let go and move in a di different direction under Ten Hag and similarly for Lingard um, he should have you're saying Rudiger should have been given oh sorry all the the old bill are out, all the rosas are out. They're here for you. Um, They're here for the fat bastard. <laughs> well, similar to, to what you were saying with Rudiger getting a contract, United and Lingard should have sold uh, They should have sold Lingard last summer after his stocks were very high after his West Ham loan and uh, clubs were willing to pay 25, 30 million for him. Although, even without that transfer fee, I, I, I've read the other day that he's priced himself out of a, of a free agent move to Newcastle because he's still demanding 150 grand a week. 
despite being 28 and only really having six good months in his last three years of his career. So we'll see how they go. But um, should we move on? Are there anybody else? Christian Eriksen. Yeah, um, yeah. Going back to Spurs, a little bit of a, a love story there. He left there. Obviously, we know what's happened with him and he's, he's going back. Cook, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think the one with Ericsson is quite a, a weird one because, like we said, throughout the season since he's been back, that Ericsson's a top player and he's playing for a team that have just come up. And yeah. the, Brentford, rightfully so, have reaped the rewards of his ability. But, again, Brentford took a chance on this guy who's coming back from a serious medical illness. And Brentford has stayed up as a result because he's been instrumental in them staying up and he's a top, top player who was playing in the Champions League for Inter Milan and he, he went down playing at the Oros, like playing yeah. at the highest level I of think, international football. I think I saw a stat that since Ericsson joined, I think only City and Liverpool have won more points out of the last like Doesn't surprise nine me. games or something absolutely ridiculous. So they battered the us effect, at home and he was excellent. Yeah, I mean the effect that he's had on that team is brilliant and you know, despite his age, because even if he didn't have that you know, what happened last year in the in the Orals, you'd be looking and saying, has he still got it anyway? But he has. I mean I saw him against Everton at the weekend and he was just orchestrating the whole thing. I know pinch of salt because Everton had a man less, but he couldn't get near him at all, so I think if I'm Spurs, free agent, he's lived there before, he knows the club, I think they'd be daft not to pick him up. Uh, Divock Origi as well, massive, yeah, ma massively important goals for Liverpool, you've got Edinson Cavani, uh, Dybala, these are players that, you know, big clubs could probably take a punt on, you've got um, the likes of, I mean, this is a big one cut, you've got Ben Mee and James Tarkowski who are both out of contract in July. So not only is it massively important for Burnley to stay up, it's massively important to sign them two down to contracts as well because if they get relegated, that must be Ben Mee and James Arkelski on a, a little duo together, little uh, partners in crime. That would be um, the Burnley board if you let them go for free. That would be it, that would be it. That would be the Burnley fans after him. But yeah, that's massive that they... And, and if not, I mean, there's not been many better, you know, solid pairings in the Premier League for the last five or six years than them two, so... Even if, if you know a club like Newcastle can pick Tarkowski up, uh, maybe one of the newly promoted sides could pick Ben Mee up. Yeah. These players for free, I mean, the free agent market at the moment is just absolutely ridiculous with some of the talent that's in it. And I mean, I'll let you talk about arguably the biggest one up there with Kylian Mbappe that, uh, that they're talking about. Yeah, this is weird because it's, it's one that is probably going to be a free transfer, but he does have time on his contract remaining right. because, because of what I've read in the past is almost like a a thanks for your service kind of thing because he really the player in question is Robert Lewandowski and he, he, he just wants to try something new he's gone to the Bayern board and that's basically what he said he wants to try something new he, he would like to leave and basically that he's, he stayed last season out of loyalty to the fans and to, to the board but he really wanted to go last summer as well and he's definitely been twerking for a move to Barca which is no secret that Obviously, he does want to try something new, but in the reality of it, there's been some breaking news that Chelsea are basically from the hat in the ring to say, we're interested as well. And if it's wages that's going to be the deciding factor, Barca do not stand the chance, owner or not, we will have an owner very soon and a very rich one at that. So I think that we're more than capable of landing these players. 
Barca isn't Barca of old. Like like if we if we're gonna pick Barca or Madrid at the moment, I'm going Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Because it just looks like a better project. Well, they're in the Champions League final. Well, so. and the players they've already signed. Like, and Mbappe's yeah. just said he's going there. So like, if you're a player now, you're going. You're in the Champions League final and arguably the best young player in the world. Yeah. He's going there. Things and, have got to be looking. And up. as well, you look at the project that they've already put forward. Camavinga's there. Furlong Mendy. Yeah. They've really Adam like Michel. like they've yeah. really Alaba's obviously a seasoned yeah. player who's not even thirty yet. No, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they are buying smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Vinicius has yeah gone it, up leaps and bounds. So Sergio Asensio, like yeah, literally, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they have laid foundations. Like put it this way, Ed Nazard has barely played for him since he's gone there. And they're they're not, they've not won two titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've yeah. had to give us fifteen million each time. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> lads. But um, yeah, I mean, no, the free agent market is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, some of the names we've listed there, you could put an eleven together out of them and finish, you definitely. know, in a decent position in the Premier League. So um, there's definitely a lot, lot there to be gained for some clubs if they can just take a risk on some of these players that are maybe a little bit older or maybe injury prone or there's reasons why they aren't being given contracts. I think yeah. it's worth it for free because. You can't really go wrong. No, it's a good segue, actually, you saying that taking the chance on slightly older players. Well, one that's doing its rounds on the rumour mill at the moment is Aston Villa picking up Luis Suarez for next season on, a year, on a year deal. What do you think of that? I can see it. I did Why see not, it. I did, well, Why I not? Did, I did see it before uh, that um, he was crying because he was leaving and all that, but... Why not? Yeah, like I say, even if you bring him back, you've got Coutinho there, you've got... Um, yeah, you've got Gerard there. Just just getting the band back together. So uh, why not? If Suarez is happy to come back to England and he's happy to play, he's not going to start every week. They've still got Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins, who, you know, one of them always starts. And, uh, fucking hell. Um, sorry, uh, I've just seen Kuxa show me that Mbappe is receiving a 100 million euro signing on bonus. Um so I suppose it is a free transfer, but in a way it's not. Um, no transfers are ever free. No transfers time. are ever free. That, that, that free, that's true. But um, yeah, there's a lot to go off. So um, maybe there's a player there that we mentioned that your club uh, could go for, or is there a player that we haven't mentioned that you're screaming at us that we haven't spoken about? Because um, there's a shitload let of us players. Know. There's, lo- there's loads and lo- loads of players. but um, Yeah, we like to we've, think we've covered a lot there from we've the, just the picked top. a few. Go and get yourself a Bosman, Premier League teams. You won't regret it. Go and get yourself a Bosman, but also go and get yourself your phone because we all know you're listening to this on your fancy Alexa. And go and subscribe to the Cookie Pod. Give us a five-star review. Okay, If you want more episodes or you just want to pass the pod on, yes, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now Amazon Podcasts as well. If you want to follow our socials, we're on Twitter and Instagram using the handle at CookiePodcast1. That's at CookiePodcast, followed by the number one. It's been EP137, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. See you